Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, let's continue our breakdown on defense of the 49ers' first preseason win, 24-21, to over the Cowboys. Man, I don't know about you guys, and I know it's just a preseason game, but it has been awesome <laughs> just getting a win in and just seeing the way this team can compete. And I feel like, I don't know, like I've been kind of on a 49ers high the last couple days. Maybe it's just because there's football back on and I feel like my life is complete again. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to jump in. We're going to be going over MVP injury updates and breaking down all defensive players from the game against the Cowboys and also we will be giving away that autographed Jerry Rice mini helmet today so stay tuned lots of fun stuff it's going to be pretty defensive heavy however if you want to hear how the offensive players did just go back the previous episode was all focused on offense and this is for my defensive people which um as you know I'm a huge defensive guy coached high school football This is a big deal. So I love defense, and I probably watch way more defensive film than I do offensive film. But it seems like the offense is what drives the fan base. It's kind of what it is. But anyway, let's jump into this. So right off the bat, the defensive MVP is going to go to none other than seventh-round pick out of Temple, Julian Taylor. This kid basically played the entire game. Um, Eric Armstead goes down, as he usually does, with some type of injury. And because of that, they throw this kid into the starting lineup. He was out there on the very first snap of the game. Uh, I would have expected that to have been Ronald Blair. But I think they want to see what they got in Julian Taylor. And, man, did he surprise. Now, the majority of what he did came much later. He was taken advantage of on that first series. But he came back and responded very, very well. Um, His stat line was great. Uh, Three tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and two additional quarterback hit so if you stayed with us throughout this offseason I've been beyond critical of our pass rush ability 
But whenever you have a kid that steps in as a seventh rounder and gets three hits on the quarterback and a sack and a tackle for loss, he was playing in the backfield the entire game. The, the only thing that he struggled with, and I'll get more in depth on this, is they attacked him in the running game, and it worked very, very well early on. So uh, pretty excited for this kid. And I will say this, our seventh-round picks, man, they are stepping up. Last year our seventh-round pick special was Adrian Colbert, and now he is going to be our starter and maybe one of the key starters of our defense. And we just keep going with that. So now we add Julian Taylor into that mix. Man, I'm excited. Seventh-round picks galore. Um, this is fun. Now, inactives, uh, Armstead, Sherman, Coyle, Marcel Harris, Fred Warner, Quan Williams, Malcolm Smith, and Solomon Thomas, they went down early. So let, let's talk just a little bit about these injuries. Um, first off, there were a lot, but every single player will be ready for week one of the regular season. So that is great news. The probably most severe injuries were uh, Kittle and Matt Breida. They both separated their shoulders, and it seems like they will be missing some time is the quote that Kyle Shanahan gave initially. But they have come back and said that they both will be ready for week one, which is just great. Solomon Thomas took a cleat to the face, and so we weren't sure if it was an eye or a head. Well, it came back at his concussion. Um, concussion-like symptoms, so he will probably be out until the first week as well. Just a kind of freak play where his own player, Sheldon Day, kicked him in the face. Malcolm Smith went out on one of the very first plays with a hamstring. He cannot stay healthy. I feel like him, Jimmy Ward, and Eric Armstead just need to stay away from each other. But uh, Eli Harold also went down with, um, and I quote Kyle Shanahan, a lower leg something <laughs> that's very very official talk but that's kind of what it is so all of these injuries even though we probably suffered the most injuries during week two of the preseason is what it is hall of fame games week one pre uh everybody plays preseason week one so on and so forth so um we definitely suffered the most injuries however we did get pretty lucky with the severity of all of these. And Gary Gilliam also, sorry I missed that one, uh, concussion-like symptoms as well. So hopefully they all respond very, very well. They still have three and a half weeks before the season starts. So we should be good. Um, hopefully we will be at full strength week one. That's kind of your biggest goal in preseason. You want to see what you have. You want to develop your talent. And you want to evaluate talent. But above all, you want your starters healthy. Now, let's jump to the autographed Jerry Rice mini helmet. One of the coolest things in my possession right now, but that is about to change. And the winner is going to be, now real quick before anybody cries foul play, uh, what we did to select this, uh, I exported everybody that qualified and met the criteria for this, and I put it on um, Excel. And so each person's Twitter handle was a, a prescribed a number or assigned a number, and then I had my son pick a number 1 through 75, and sure enough, the number he picked, it was corresponding with Izzy Martinez. Izzy has been with us for a while. Um, at Izzy Niner 7, I will be contacting you, and we will figure out where to send this bad boy to. Congratulations. And I really just want to say thanks to everybody that um, you know retweeted and participated. Our numbers have been going steadily up, and it's kind of a fun way just to reward you guys just because – Man, we're in this together, and I'm going to be trying to secure some more um, items like this so that we can just, you know, make it kind of fun. So, 
Just want to say thank you to Game Day Sports and Memorabilia.com. They are the ones that gave us that to kind of support our listenership. So head over to their website if you haven't already. Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. We got Christmas not too far away. Fall birthdays. If you don't know what to get somebody, head over there and get them an awesome autographed Niners something. Jerseys, posters, helmets. They got it all. So go give them a check. And we will continue to support them as they support us. And we just want to say thank you to those guys. Now, we're going to talk a lot of good, but I want to focus on what the biggest weakness of our defense was this week. And that was left cornerback. So that's the defensive left. So imagine you are the free safety, uh, Adrian Colbert, and you are looking at the offense in front of you. The left side corner, which is supposed to be your strongest side corner, uh, man, we got torched at all three levels. First, second, and third team got destroyed out there. And uh, Jimmy Ward was just abused by a third-round rookie pick, Michael Gallup. Now, I'm very high on Michael Gallup. He was my number four overall wide receiver in my draft rankings. He is very, very polished, runs the entire route tree, and is very, very talented. But... You were a first-round pick, and you are moving on into your fourth year. You do not get abused like that. He was absolutely destroyed, and that continued throughout. So the good news is Richard Sherman will be playing that position when the regular season starts. So kind of a weakness turns into our strength. It's just very similar to you know Dante Johnson, who we had last year and was just targeted and abused by every team we ever played. Uh, he plays for the Seahawks now. But... Um, We've got to stop that. I don't understand why that is such a weakness for us. And Sherman, hopefully, is going to be the one to stop that. Now, our starters played kind of the first major um, series, and we gave up a touchdown drive. Again, Jimmy Ward got burned by that rookie. Uh, Some people said, oh, well, he lost it in the (laughs) – it was a fade route to the sideline, and the sun appeared to be in his eyes. However, the sun was not in the wide receiver's eyes. And it seemed like as soon as he looked back, he saw the sun and just stopped his feet, which you just can't do. He even started the route out perfectly well where he was very aggressive and pushed him to the sideline on the fade route, but then he just gave up. I don't understand it. Um, Then after that, we pull Buckner, we pull a couple other people, Uh, We still have some starters in there, and that's when Solomon Thomas went down on the second try. But they go three and out, so we responded correctly. And then after that, things just kind of got better and better. They got one first down, then they had a punt on the third drive, a three and out on the fourth drive. On the fifth drive, they did score a touchdown. This was the last drive of uh, of the half by Bo Scarborough. And we had two huge misplays. A huge missed tackle by Corey Toomer on Scarborough for a huge gain and then a blown coverage by Elijah Lee for the touchdown to the tight end. He was blitzing, but you could see the tight end scrape off the top and he was supposed to peel off into coverage into the flats and he just didn't do that. He was a little too excited. So uh, correctable mistakes, but that, that was probably the worst drive of the game right before the half. Then after that, we came out and played very, very well besides Tyvis Powell. Played well, but he gave up a touchdown again that left corner. Um, it was just destroyed all game. Um Then after that, um, we had a dropped interception by Terrell Williams, who, good Lord, you know, if you go back and if you listen to my secondary breakdown, I projected Terrell Williams, undrafted free agent, out of Houston to make this roster. He very easily 
could have been the MVP of this entire game, and he didn't even play that many snaps. He was the highest-graded player for the 49ers, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, and it's not close. Um, well, it is close. Ruben Foster, who played lights out, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, scored a 90.8. Terrell Williams had a 92.1 and dropped an interception. Amazing undercut. It's just, man, he 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 just dropped the interception. If he would have had that pick and the game-winning batting down the ball on the bomb and all that, the Hail Mary, man, he would have been the MVP. So let's continue. Let's go through this stuff. Here we go. The idea that DeForest Buckner, who didn't play very many plays, goes out there against Connor Williams. This is like one of the things I love about the NFL, right? Connor Williams, second round pick out of the University of Texas. They move him into guard. And what is your very first NFL play? Who do you get to go up against? None other than DeForest Buckner. And DeForest Buckner does what he did. Uh, His outside swim move, which is probably his best pass rush move, gets to the quarterback and gets a sack. And Solomon Thomas is there to meet him to help clean everything up. Just absolutely great move. Buckner is unreal. I really do think that it's possible he could have seven plus sacks from that interior, and he's been taking a couple snaps outside too. So just, just, just wait. I don't know if they're actually going to do it, but he, in training camp, he has rushed from outside that kind of Leo position. I hate that term, but yeah, he's been out there. So Buckner, that's about all that he played, but he looked absolutely just solid. Solomon, man, they had him blitzing from the outside. And he was struggling, to say the least. Again, he runs head up into the tackle. And if you're going against Tyron Smith, you can't do that stuff. That guy's amazing. Um, He made a great play inside on a down block for a tackle for loss on the second drive. That was just textbook. And then he got hurt. Um, So he should be okay. Again, the concussion system, uh, he's going to be in there. And we'll see what happens. Now, the, the crazy thing was... Ronald Blair, the person who I thought would be starting in Eric Armstead's spot, he didn't come in till pretty late, and he played around a lot. He played inside and outside, and he he finished with one QB hit and three tackles, but he graded out very, very well. This is who Ronald Blair is. He's a very positive contributor, but he's not a big stat-slash-splash guy, but he doesn't make mistakes, and so I, I think what... The defensive staff is looking at, man, Julian Thomas might be Ronald Blair with upside, which is crazy to think of. So just just keep an eye on that. Now, Marsh came in. He played very, very well. He was he was behind the line of scrimmage basically the entire second drive. Good pressure, very disciplined. They ran a naked bootleg, and he forced a terrible pass. This is one thing that Solomon Thomas is awful at, but... Um, Cassius Marsh did a great job, and then he had back-to-back pressures after that. So in three plays, he contributed in a very positive way. He kept quarterback contained and forced a bad throw on first down. Then on second down, he got pressure, and the quarterback threw it away again. Then on third down, he made the quarterback adjust his feet. So whenever you can affect the pass three plays in a row, I don't care who you are, what position, first, second, third, fourth team, don't care. That is awesome. So he had a great series. After that, it kind of went down. 
All right, let's get to Julian Taylor, the man of the hour, the MVP. He started off as left in, like I said, and, man, I, I think the Cowboys coaching staff said, wait a second, is that 77 out there with their starters? All right, cool, let's go get them. And they ran three plays in a row right at him, and he got washed down twice and barely missed a tackle the third time. He, he didn't, again, you got to think about who he was lined up on top of. He was going against the likes of um, Zach Martin on some plays and Travis Frederick on some plays. I mean, the guy, it, it was a rough first couple plays for a seventh-round pick, but he held his own, and everything about him just got way better. He bounced inside and outside on a run play. So what? What basically what I'm saying is this: he th- they were trying to run the ball outside, and what he did is he controlled the tackle and flashed outside. So he, he's controlling the tackle and he pushes him to his right. The running back saw that and then bounced inside, which is exactly what he was supposed to do. He kept outside contained. Again, a constant weakness of our team last year. And lots of plays, what he was able to do, he set up lots of linebacker tackles and safety tackles and things like that because he was controlling his gap very, very well. Um, on the very next play of that, he had a great pass rush, and he got the offensive tackle called for a holding call. So he, he disrupted the play, and it was incomplete pass. But on top of that, he got a holding call, so he pushed him back and forced a punt the very next play. So that was awesome. He did get tricked on a naked bootleg earlier. I talked about how Cassius Marsh was very disciplined in that. He got tricked very, very bad and gave up a first down on an easy pass where he didn't stay outside. But he had a great bull rush later against the right tackle and basically pushed the, pushed the right tackle into the quarterback's face for a bad pass. And then his play of the entire game probably wasn't even his sack. It was goal line. They were on the uh, second and one on the goal line about to score. And he just drove his guys probably about three and a half yards back into the mesh point where the quarterback hands the ball off to the tackle and stuffed it for a uh, one-yard loss. That was amazing on the goal line. And so worst case scenario, let's say Eric Armstead comes back. I think Eric Armstead's going to be the starter. However... Julian Taylor is fighting for not a roster spot anymore. I think he's a roster lock now. He is fighting for positional starting reps, goal line, short yardage, things like that. So he seems to be a factor. I think that we will continue to see his play snaps through the roof. Even if Armstead comes back, uh, Solomon Thomas is going to be out for probably the next one or two weeks. So I could see moving Eric Armstead into the Solomon Thomas role for the rest of preseason if he comes back. And Julian Thomas, he's going to stay on that left side. I I really believe that. You don't want him playing both sides as a rookie. You want him to focus on that and just learn that one spot so that he's not overwhelmed. So we're going to see a lot more of him. And then, of course, he got his sack late in the fourth, and it was just a great play. And if you want to see these plays... Um, just head over to my Twitter feed, JL underscore Chapman. I was live tweeting all of the plays, and I will continue to do so. You know, Basically, if I could recommend anything, watch the game on your TV and have your phone or your computer up and just check out the stuff because what I'm doing is I am snapshotting different clips uh, as they happen. And I am tweeting them out just with, you know, watch this here, see how he goes under this block here, watch his hand placement here, those things right there. So if you don't already, just head over there, JL underscore Chapman. I got you covered. Uh, During 49ers games, my wife and children know 
we root for the Niners, but we don't ask Dad a lot of questions because it's work for him. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, Earl Mitchell's Earl Mitchell. He played great. DJ Jones, he made some great plays. He one of my favorite plays. You know, I have starred four times. I kind of star the plays based on what I want to talk about. It was a screen pass, and again, DJ Jones is a big cat, and he ran down this screen about 15 yards opposite sideline. Just great effort from a nose tackle. And again, whenever you see that guy go, he's got a big old bottom. So he's a big dude. Another guy that I possibly, you know, huge stock up, PETA. PETA Tamopinu dominated football. He played so well. I was so proud of this kid. He has bulked up. He looks the part, and he got in super late. So he played late in the fourth quarter, but he came in and made four straight plays. If you look at the snaps that he played, it does not match his statistical output. Output Three tackles, one tackle for loss, and he 100% dominated the outside. They tried doing an outside toss uh, play to his side, and he stretched it out textbook laterally where he doesn't um, step up towards the running back. Instead, what you do is you just mirror on the line of scrimmage um, until you get to the sideline, then you got the cavalry all behind you. If you step up, then you take yourself out of it. Uh, the technique that he was playing, the shoulders he was taking the blocks on with, this kid, I was very, very happy. And I have no clue how long Harold is going to be out, but I would love to see Peter get those snaps. I was so impressed with him. The problem is he just didn't play that much, and it kind of scares me when they put him in because they didn't put him in with the second and third team. They put him in with the very last team, but he played straight textbook and dominated. Ruben Foster made probably the play of the game. Again, if you want to see it, just head over to my Twitter Tavon Austin was the, so if I'm Reuben Foster and I'm looking at the quarterback, Tavon Austin was the slot on the left side. He runs what we call as a drag route, uh, basically a slant just trying to get to the opposite sideline. So he's going to run across the center and he's going to keep getting depth. And so I measured this out. His route eventually got to 22 yards deep right on the opposite sideline. So what happens is they snap the ball. It's a play action fake. Reuben Foster steps up to stop the run, recognizes the play, and then sprints. He's not doing man. This is a zone concept coverage, but he knows his his responsibility as soon as the play happens. So he sprints back and dives. Man, absolutely perfect timed everything. Crazy effort. Just there's probably three linebackers in the NFL that can make that play. Uh, one plays for Seattle, and the other one's Luke Keekley. Those are probably the three guys that I think would make that play. Um, not necessarily just because they're faster, but awareness and play recognition is so huge for that position, and he totally dominated that. So great play there. Malcolm Smith, who knows what the hell happened. We may never see this guy. He better get his stuff straight. It was kind of a bummer that Fred Warner didn't get a play because he would have been out there the whole game. Uh, he has a chest issue, so he should be good coming up soon. Dakota Watson, geez, man, he, he was awesome. <laughs> he was he great uh, pass rush, great speed, great technique, forced two bad passes, and, I mean, yeah, he played great. Toomer played pretty well as well, Corey Toomer. He's got an outside shot to get in, but you you miss a big run 
what should have been a tackle for loss and get run over by a rookie and give up 30-plus yards because your technique was bad. You can't do that. Elijah Lee made a lot of tackles. He led us in tackles, seven. He was always around the ball but had a huge missed assignment in the passing game. That was no good. Aquilo played okay, not very much. DJ Reed, that kid, I think we're going to be seeing DJ Reed around a lot. He made a perfect fit on a screen pass for no game. He's just mean and small. Um, it, it would have been a huge gain on that screenplay, but he came in between two blockers and just did what he was supposed to do. Perfect gap integrity and stopped it for no game. And that's the thing. We didn't see this a lot last year, but we are getting to the place now where we are playing team defense. People understand what's going on. I just hope it continues. Tyrus Powell, as we talked about Tyrus Powell, Played pretty well, got burned pretty bad. So he was hot and cold, up and down, gave up a touchdown, and and that was kind of the big one. Now there's lots of other people that played. McFadden had a, a nice pass breakup late, but these are kind of the big guys. Let, let's, let's go over to the secondary, and there's a couple guys I want to highlight. Mabin got burned pretty bad by Gallup. Gallup owned us. Like I was very disappointed, and maybe this is a testament – to how good this kid is out of Colorado State because he beat Titus Powell, he beat Mabin, he beat Jimmy Ward. Whoever he went against, he won. We, we were 0-3 against that guy as far as our corners go. So Mabin got burnt by him very badly, but it was a terrible pass, and so he, Gallup had to go back, and uh, Mabin broke it up. He got very, very lucky. But still, like, we've got to have better corner play. We have to. This cannot be a weakness of our team. And Jimmy Ward, I won't tell you what I have written down here about Jimmy Ward. It says something along the lines of Michael Gallup's B. Um, I guess I did just tell you. But anyway, uh, he started for Sherm on the outside. I don't want to talk much about it. I don't think Jimmy Ward's going to be on this team to start the season. I really don't. But I don't know how you trade a guy and why anybody would want this guy. After he gets toasted by a rookie nonstop, he's killing his own trade value. Maybe that's his plan. I don't know. I, I've been a big Ward fan from the start out of Eastern Illinois. He's got to. He's got to change stuff. He's got to change something. So Chancellor James, great force play. He came in. He, he looked great. He closes so well in front of him. I'm kind of worried about his hip movement side to side. But if the play's in front of him, man, he is a beast great form tackler amazing in the open field I just I, you know my critique on him was just hips and if he can change directions well and we I haven't seen him in that position yet in game time you know his college film was it was okay in that area so that one I'm just going to say you know to be determined so pay attention to Chancellor James and let's see what's going on but let's finish this conversation I'll go over team stats here and say it which Rell Williams he got in late and I, I know I'm biased because I, I I pegged this guy early on saying he is going to make our final 53-man roster. And holy freaking cow, he came in and splashed. He had great pass rush. Uh, he blitzed off the edge. And he's huge. He's 6'4 and athletic. And if he, he goes in, he blitzes. He doesn't get to the quarterback, but the quarterback rushes, rushes the ball, and he jumps and almost tips it. Then right after that, he forced the ball carrier to run inside towards the linebacker on back-to-back -back plays because he held his position leverage and outside control very, very well. Um, then probably would have been the number one play of the whole day. He undercut an out route. 
and just flew. I mean, you're talking ball hawking safety. That's what this kid is. And got both hands on the ball. Would have been a pick, maybe a pick six, and dropped it. I mean, it's still a pass deflection, which is great. But, man, that was a huge missed opportunity. And so right off the bat, in very limited snaps, you're just saying, holy cow. Because every play this kid's in, he's showing up on your screen. Yeah, even my wife goes, who's that number six guy? Um, which was really, really cool because my wife could tell this guy was balling out. And then the last play of the game, um, they're down three, the Cowboys, and they go for a Hail Mary, and they lob it up into the end zone. And if you go back in slow-mo, I have the picture on my Twitter feed. He is a full three feet above <laughs> jumped whenever he timed his jump. He is three feet above all five other players that are around him. I mean, it is. it looks really, really cool. He bats the ball down, almost intercepted that one as well, which was very smart. He batted it down. You don't want to catch that at the end of the game to ice the game. So it, I cannot be happier with what this kid has done, and I am very excited to see what is going to happen. I hope that he gets in with some second team. I want to see what he does against top-tier talent because the kid is special. We got to know what we have. Because I, I think, I really do believe this kid is going to be something. So let's jump back real quick and just pay attention to overall team defensive snaps um, and stats. We gave up 23 first downs. That's okay. Uh, they were exactly 50% on third down, which is your metric you want to go with. You want to hold them under 50 and you want to get over 50. That is huge. They didn't have any first, fourth down uh, attempts. Total yards, 338. That's great. Anything under 350 is going to be considered a defensive win. Uh, ideally, under 400 in today's NFL. You kind of have to change your metrics. That's the sad thing. 233 yards passing we allowed and only 105 rushing. That is, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Now, penalties, we had, thir um, we had six penalties total, offense and defense. They had 13, so we won in that one. And we forced, or we had three turnovers. We didn't force any turnovers. This was the big, you got to do that. So we need turnovers. We did get sacks, however, we, uh, which is huge. We got off for two sacks. Uh, DeForest Buckner had one, and Julian Taylor had one. That is awesome. We didn't give up one sack, but the turnover battle was absolutely abysmal, which we have seen. We lost that one 3-0. So lots of places to improve. And I am so excited. You know, we, we've, we've got a lot more stuff coming up. And our next game is going to be on the road. We're going down to Houston. It's 5 p.m. Pacific kickoff time against the Texans. This is going to be a lot of fun in NRG Stadium. So lots of stuff to look forward to. And thank you again to everybody who entered into the competition for the Jerry Rice helmet. I wish I could give one to everybody. I just don't make that much money yet. But stay strong, faithful, and more football is on the way. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.